and you You will ask What will you do when you find me? Don't be scared of yourself Hi, I'm Dawn And I'm Ashley We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships Hey, Ashley Hey, Dawn, how are you? I'm great, how are you? I'm wonderful Good um, I'm just getting over a little bit of a sinus infection here, but ooh. other than that, I'm pretty good. You are the second person I've talked to that has a sinus infection this week, so must be something going around or something out there. Yeah, so. they've been passing it around at work. Oh, um, so I had hail today. It rained here, and I had hail. Wow! I'm like, was I'm, there a tornado? No, I'm sitting here oh. at my desk. And I hear these bing, bing, bing. And I'm like, and I was on with my therapist and she's like, she gets, as soon as she picks up, like our call started right then and we were on Zoom and she says, it's hailing here. And I'm like, that's what that is. So yes, it was hailing here. I live in Florida. It never hails in here. But I just was kept going ping, 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 ping. And I was like, oh, that's weird. That's interesting. Being in Florida, you can't can't imagine you get much hail there. Nope, don't get much hail. So I don't. Uh, she might be crazy, but I just kept hearing. I did hear this ping, ping, ping. So I. It, that's the only thing I can think it would be. Rain doesn't. It was. It was loud. So. You didn't go to the window and look. No, I was working. <laughs> I would have absolutely gone to the window to look and see if there was actually hail. Oh, I should have. Yeah. Well, the dog was going crazy because he doesn't like storms, and it was it was a lot. So, Don was not impressed with seeing hell. No, he's over there now. He's passed out, so <laughs> which is good. I know I told you that Dylan is in a new relationship after having his heart broken last year. So he was talking to his sponsor about he's feeling like he's waiting for another shoe to drop, the other shoe to drop. So he's waiting for the other shoe to drop. What a familiar feeling. I know, right? And I said, and he's like, and I don't, because I, and we were talking about it, and we don't understand what that means. And I immediately thought he meant he didn't understand what it meant. Like, right? The, and I, so that's what we're going to talk about. But what he meant was, this is a funny saying, who came up with it, is actually what he meant. But he's like, I'm in a, I'm in a healthy relationship, but I feel like I'm always, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And like you said, that is such a familiar feeling. And so I thought it would be a great topic to to, to discuss because oh, I know that feeling. I Yeah. I'm better about it than I've ever been. Let's, I guess, first talk about what it means when we say waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, so... The other week, when we talked about walking on eggshells, I had this very good picture in my mind of exactly what it looked like and exactly what it meant. Here I sit, picturing, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it's it's sad to say this. It's it's interesting to say this. I don't. The only time I can really picture the other shoe dropping being a bad thing is if I'm like a doormat or a sidewalk or the ground. 
like I'm being walked on. So mm-hmm. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. But if I'm not being walked on, then I don't care about the other shoe dropping. Right. And he meant it from a perspective of this is a healthy relationship. And I actually understand like where there's this, I'm in a really good place and everything is going really, really well. And I used this actually last week when we were talking last week about my one sponsee driving and she said I had Uh to do it again. So to make sure it wasn't a fluke. Yep. And that's what it feels like for me. Like, Everything is going so really, really I well. I can relate this. Oh, good. I Sorry. I can relate this to... <laughs> Nick has been sober for two years, two and a half years almost. And yet, I'm still waiting for him to decide that he's not going to be sober anymore. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm starting to believe there is no other shoe. I'm beginning... To have faith, but I mean, he's been sober for t- almost two and a half years. I'm still, I'm still waiting for that sobriety to, to just be gone. But that is what you're waiting on is the old pattern, his old behaviors, right. and I think that's what we mean. I'm in a good place. The good shoe is where it's is on the ground. The good shoes fully placed on the ground. It's that old stuff that I'm waiting for it to hit the ground. And I'm just, I'm really taking this in because you say that. And it almost follows up with what I said at the beginning too. Like I have one foot firmly planted. All the good stuff is there. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm terrified that the bad stuff is going to come back and it's all... And at the same time, that bad stuff that I'm afraid of coming back will no longer affect me the same way because I'm no longer laying on the ground waiting for that other shoe to stomp on my face. Does that make any sense? Like, like in the analogy that I used with Nick, he is an alcoholic. He has a major alcohol problem. He went to rehab. He came back from rehab we moved back in together a little over a year. He was sober a little over a year. We moved back in together. It's now been a little over two and a, two years. He's been sober this whole time. And I'm waiting, right? Like I said, the other shoe to drop somewhere in the back of my mind. There's still that, oh, is he going to drink? Oh, is he going to, right? Like, not that I expect it. I don't expect it. I have faith in him. I believe in him. I wouldn't be with him if I didn't. And there's still that voice in the back of my head that is waiting for that other shoe to drop. And with that being said, if he were to drink again, it wouldn't, now that I've thought about it and we've put it in this context of waiting for that other shoe and and how it's old habits and old pattern, it wouldn't affect me the same way as it did because I'm not in the same position I was. So waiting for that other shoe to drop, is it really even something that we need to be fearing? Or is that just something that's in our heads? I think it's, it's, it's something that's in our heads. I agree with that because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if he drops the other shoe. 
it's whether you what you do with it with with the other shoe when it drops do you pick it up do you leave it go and walk out of the room right do i try to knock it over do i yell about where it fell yep. do i control it about the color of the laces or the hard sole of the rubber or right oh he like, dropped. what do i do with it right or do you say oh hmm nick dropped a shoe guess he better pick it up and walk out and let him figure out what he does with his shoes yeah i mean isn't that the case in every situation Completely. right yeah I, I don't care what relationship i look at or what time period in my life I look at, my perception determines whether or not I am waiting for another shoe to drop, not the other person. If I have faith in what I believe to be a good thing, let's use a new relationship, right? Dylan's in a new relationship. So two people in this brand new relationship they have faith that the other person is who they want them to be, mm -hmm. who they think they are. They have, so if I have faith that there's no other shoe and I truly believe there's no other shoe, I'm not waiting for the other shoe until I now believe there's another shoe. Like Dylan in his first relationship, he wasn't waiting for the relationship to go bad. He wasn't waiting no. for the other shoe. He wasn't looking over his shoulder wondering what was going to happen next. It wasn't until he had been burned that he started waiting for the other shoe. Right. Old so it's not, stuff. Exactly. It's not until I've already experienced it that I can then wait for it. And if I have healed from it, then I will no longer be waiting for it. You know, I w I'm sitting here thinking and I'm like, everybody has two shoes. So we're always going to drop two shoes. So maybe it's okay if we have two shoes and it's okay if the second shoe drops because that's just everybody having two shoes. I know that sounds really weird, but I'm like... Well, but I don't necessarily think the analogy is so much about whether or not there truly is another shoe. I think the analogy is more about the fact that I am waiting for another sh No matter how many shoes drop, I'm always waiting for another shoe. Right. I'm, I'm, so what I'm saying is we're always going to have another shoe drop. We, meaning I'm having a, I'm, shoe one is amazing. It's great. I've had old patterns. Things have happened. But that doesn't mean that second shoe is those old patterns. We all have bad days. I might snap with you, or snap at you. Um, Nick might talk about having a drink. That doesn't mean that shoe that shoe is those old patterns. It just might mean a bad day. People are gonna have a bad day, and I think I know what I'm trying to say. It's not coming out the way I want it to come out. Like just because so. Waiting for the other shoe to drop implies the saying, I'm, I feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, implies something negative is going to happen. It implies that those old things that we've already experienced that are bad are going to happen again. Right. And if I understand correctly, what you're saying is 
there's always going to be things that happen again. Exactly. There's always, life is going to throw you lemons. No matter what happens, you are going to get lemons thrown at you. But why does you the other shoe... You just learn how to make lemonade. Why does the other shoe have to be bad? Why does it have to be a lemon? Why can't it be and a raspberry? Well, and that's what I'm saying is, it's all about your perception. It's all about my perception. If I look at that shoe and I go, oh, there's a lemon. Oh, my, here we go. I'm going to get hit in the head. It's going to be off. That's how it's going to be. Or I can look at that lemon or that shoe and I can be like, hey, look at that freaking lemonade. I needed a lemon. Now I get to make some lemonade. Ooh, here's a little shoelace I can tie my other shoe with. Yay. Like it's all about my perception. And if I am looking for the other shoe to drop, if I'm going out looking for the negative, then I will find the negative. And I think that's where we, I know I have been in the past, I was always looking for the negative. So I was always looking for the other shoe to drop from a negative perspective, being a lemon. But I, I find myself now, like, I don't even think about the other shoe because I, I, and it's like, it's the, the other shoe doesn't even exist. I know it's there, right? I know it can be a good or be a bad. It doesn't matter. But the shoe just doesn't even become a second thought. Oh, shoe dropped. Okay. Well now what am I going to do? So how am I going to handle this other shoe dropping? Well, I can do this. I can do this. Okay, here we go. And I'm done. And that shoe gets picked up until it drops again, and then I can decide what I what I do with it. But I don't give it any thought. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not in limbo. I'm not walking on eggshells. Whatever terminology you want to do to feel like I am. It sounds to me like you're describing worry. That's yeah. When the other shoe dro to dropping is worry, fear. Wow. Hey, fear. Isn't it crazy how almost everything leads back to that? <laughs> oh. Wow. Huh. Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? And so for me, I just, I'm not afraid if something bad happens. I'm not afraid if something good's going to happen because I think I know in the past I would have been afraid of anything happening, good or bad. It wouldn't have mattered. Because I wouldn't have known what to do with it. I would, I, would have, let me, I would have talked a big talk and I would have said I did. Oh, I got this under control. Oh, I can da-da-da-da. I can da-da-da-da. But then that other shoe drops and I would just spiral. Good or bad. Didn't matter. Because I wasn't in control. Yeah. See, and when I think about, like in the context that you said Dylan brought it to you, I think about being in a new relationship. Yeah. And feeling like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, almost like this is the honeymoon phase, or like it's too good to be true, or like all of those things. Too good to be true really is something, and I didn't think about it like that till literally just now when I stopped and I put myself in where I believe, right, if I was in a brand new relationship, couple weeks in, and I'm feeling like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, Typically, at that point, it would be because I have this feeling of too good to be true. Like, there's just this ultimate connection. It's just this really good thing, and I'm afraid to lose it. Mm -hmm. 
because the higher you are, the harder you fall, right? The better it is, the worse it hurts. And typically what I find is that if I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop out of a fear, like in this situation, like I was just describing, there is no other shoe. Like there's nothing to fear. There's, this is new. This is different. This is not like we can't hold, I can't hold this new relationship or hell, even this, this old, right? I'm in this relationship with Nick and he's two years sober. I can't hold him. I can't hold these standards from this previous relationship into this new relationship because that was that previous and standards is the wrong word to use, but expectations almost. Yeah. Like expectations is almost like I want it, but like, like waiting for the other shoe to drop (laughs) is an expectation. It's almost like I expect the worst and I can't take that expectation that I developed from a bad or, or toxic or negative situation and bring it into this new situation. That baggage is not fair to bring into this new relationship. So let me ask you. It's not fair to them or me. No, right. It's not. So let me ask you a question because you are in a unique situation. I I feel like you are in a unique situation and maybe you're not, but I feel it because in compared to where my, my life is, I ended relationships and have always started new relationships But you were in a position where you were in this relationship with someone in a very low point. Your relationship hit a very, very low point. You were separated. And now you are back together and progressing very nicely. How do you... I feel it would be very challenging to be in that position. And not because he hasn't changed, because we both know he has. I'm saying from your perspective only. So, from any perspective, it is extremely difficult. We were at such a low point that four years ago, he wasn't even allowed to get out of his truck when he pulled into my driveway. Literally, you cannot step foot on my property. You may pull into the driveway, my daughter can run out and jump in the truck, and you can pull out, and that was all. And if he got out of the truck, I would be standing on the porch ready to yell at him, what do you want? Show me out in a minute. You know how to wait. It was bad. And we have both put in insane amounts of work in order to change where it's at. And it is by far the hardest thing I have ever done. It is absolutely worth it at this moment, and I hope it will forever be worth it. I believe it will forever be worth it. That is why I'm still doing it. How I do it is a lot of mindfulness. At the beginning, there was a lot of waiting for the other shoe to drop. It took a lot of patience on his part. Hell, it still does. I mean, there's still days that he'll walk in the door having only been away from me for 15 minutes. And I'm like looking at him sideways, trying to peer into his soul to see if he's like, I don't know, taking a pill or something and lying about it. He was sitting in traffic for five minutes longer than me, literally. So it's, it's not easy. It takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of mindfulness and it takes a lot of, 
on my part, a lot of reminding that it's none of my business, a lot of reminding that there's nothing to fix if I don't believe it's not broken. You, I cannot believe that someone is amazing and intelligent and trustworthy and honest and has a good heart and, and believe I need to fix them. I had to change that perception. I cannot believe that you need to be fixed and believe that you are an amazing father and the man I want to spend the rest of my life with. Those two things don't go hand in hand. So therefore, I got to pick one and I got to go with it. You said that it is not your business. Well, you're in the relationship. How is it not your business? Isn't, I mean, you're, you live in the same house. You're a couple so shouldn't it be your business? So it is my business to an extent. So if Nick chooses to drink, if Nick chooses to do drugs, if Nick chooses to lie, if anyone, not even just Nick, if anyone chooses to do those things, that is their choice. It is not for me to try to go to them before they have chosen to do this and prevent them from choosing to do something that they have not yet chosen to do. And that's what I would do. I cannot say that this man is an amazing father and believe in my heart that this man is an amazing father and then turn around and say, but I don't want to let my daughter go with him for the weekend can't do that those two things don't they don't coincide mm-hmm. I can't say that he's an amazing man and an amazing father and an amazing husband and I want to spend the rest of my life with him and then turn around and go through his phone to see if he's talked to someone behind my back those two things don't coincide I must live with integrity if I believe that he is an amazing man and an amazing father and a loyal husband and all of those things then I need to act as though I believe that. So in the if I don't believe that, then I don't believe that. So in the past, would you have done those things? Yeah, I were. I've I've gone through his phone. I I yeah. I've um, actually well. So I I've, I've gone both extremes, and then I've found the happy medium. I think right. So. With my ex-husband, with my my first husband, I would literally track his, like I knew his route home to the minute. Mm -hmm. And if he was five minutes late, he had to explain every second of it. Um, As soon as cell phones came out, I had like a GPS thing on his cell phone to where I knew where he was. When he got his pay stub, I would check his hours. And if he was three hours short of what he told me he worked, he had to explain. And then we were in a month-long fight because you fucking lied to me. Right? Like, so with my, with my first husband, I was beyond controlling. And the reason I was so controlling was to prevent all of those things that I knew he was going to do. It's so fu- then when, sorry, go ahead. It's funny you said that word, because that's the word I was actually looking for, was control. Because that's what I hear the difference in what you were saying. Um, I, Nick is an amazing father, but you can't, I'm not going to send my daughter with him. Because he's an amazing father, but the control side of it was, I'm not sending. Well, 
that's that to me. And you did that, you said it with that, and you said it with something else. And both of those, the flip side of it was control. Was controlling. Well, and see, for me, in that, re- in that non-recovery mindset, that was the only way I knew how to fix. The only way I could make something better was to control it. And if I was uncomfortable with where Nick was with with his weekend with Cameron, I didn't know any other way to make myself more comfortable with it than to control it. I just didn't know how. I didn't think it was possible. So I have another question for you. Talking about Nick drinking and the potential that he could choose to have a drink, he could not choose to have a drink, right? Are you afraid of that in this moment? Like, do you think about it? Do do you obsess about it? Do you worry about it? No. No, not anymore. Why? Um, Because it's out of my control. Uh, There's literally nothing I can do to stop it. So worrying about it, obsessing about it, thinking about it even does me no good. And what Um, what if he decides to? Well, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. We'll deal with it if it happens. I, I right. It, I, there's a lot of things that depend on what happens from there. And if he decides he's going to go out and have a drink, then that's what he's going to do. And I'll I'll do whatever I got to do from there. I, I'm honestly, I'm not really worried about. It. I'm really not worried about. It. And um, I love that. I love that because it's it is very much as well. He might, he could, but I'm not worried about it. And we'll cross that bridge when it comes. When it when I. It comes. It's. It's now. If you'd asked me that a year ago, it would have been a very, very different answer. <laughs> and what changed? Actually, you probably did ask me that a year ago. Me, me, just me. Um, just my perception. That's the only thing that has changed. Is my perception. It is literally in control of everything. Is my perception. The story you tell you tell yourself, or you don't tell yourself. Yeah, I mean, if you'd have asked me a year ago what, what would happen if Nick drank, if he chose to drink, I would go through a whole list. I'd have, oh, he'll relapse, and he'll always drink, and he'll probably start doing drugs again, and we're going to split up, and I'm going to take custody. and Like, I would have ran through this whole litmus of shit <laughs> that I was going to do if he did that. And what that was is... I, my internal way, oh, wow, <laughs> thanks, Dawn. <laughs> um, what that was is my internal way of hanging on to that control, that, that non-power, right? So that fear, it was, it was that fear's last little grip of how it's going to prevent me from letting go. That's what that was. All of those if he does this, I'm going to do this, this, and that. It's like consequences and punishments. It's not really a punishment, right? Because it was genuine what I was going to do if he did that. And they were healthy things for me. So it wasn't really about punishing him. But in a way, I needed him to know that if you cross this line, then then all these bad things are going to happen. And that was my way of keeping him in control. The ultimate punishment. Which, I mean, look, I don't, I don't have, 
I, I don't have consequences. If Nick chooses to drink, Nick chooses to drink. And what happens from there is what happens from there. I don't, I guess that is healthy, huh? Well, I was kind of afraid of that. <laughs> I, I didn't think that was very healthy, honestly. I thought that would be like a non-healthy answer. Like, no. Because I don't. I, I'm just not worried about it. I'll cross that bridge when I get to it. If it happens, it happens. My old way of thinking was to overthink everything. Like you said, if he does this, then this. If he does this, then this. If he does this, then that. If he does that, Waiting then... for the other shoe to drop. Yes. And nowhere in there was room for, if this person chooses to do this, then I get to do whatever I'm comfortable with in that moment. Just because I might make the decision A today, that doesn't mean I'm going to make decision A six weeks from now or a year from now. Absolutely. It, the choices can evolve of how I want to or choose to, because that's the only person I, thing I can do is choose how I want to handle a situation. I can't choose how my feelings are going to, how I'm going to feel about it. I just get to choose what I do with it. And that's going to evolve based on where I'm at in my life and my journey and my recovery and my headspace. And I mean, there's, there's so many factors. Yeah. And I think yeah, that is sure. um, a healthy, a healthy thing to know that life evolves, life changes, things change. And what I do today might not be what I do down the road. And it might not Absolutely. be what I would have done before. Absolutely. And I, I want to tell a story about that in a second. But before <laughs> I tell a story about that, you'll see how it led into it. But I want to say one of the things that helped me to not worry about what will happen if and overthink and overprepare and wait for the other shoe to drop was realizing truly taking in and really putting in the forefront of my mind that other people's thoughts, feelings, opinions, and behaviors are none of my business. Mm -hmm. It's not my life. I can't stop it. I can't control it. Yes, it affects me. Yes, it affects people I love. It's still out of my control. It's still not something that I physically have the ability to change, even if I believe my actions could prevent it from happening this time. It doesn't matter. It's not mine to control. Therefore, it's none of my business. I think about, I've lived a big chunk of my life trying to be perfect so nothing would happen, so the other shoe wouldn't drop. And inevitably, Good or bad shoe, doesn't matter. The shoe always, the other shoe always drops. I can sit always. here, I can hold my breath, I can walk the tightrope, I can be on my best behavior, but the other shoe always drops. Good or bad. Always. And so why wait around for the other shoe to drop if you know the other shoe is going to drop? And I think that's what I was trying to say earlier when I couldn't get it out. Um, don't wait for it. Just live in the moment and enjoy the one that you got. Don't, exactly. Don't stand around waiting for it. I got you. I'm following you. Now, I got to jump back to what you were saying a minute ago because I thought I wanted to tell you a story. Yes. 
So there's two sides to the story. So the first side to the story is just because I started something and I said I would do something yesterday does not mean I need to do it today. Oh, I totally agree. So my 11-year-old and my 18-year-old, my son and my daughter, my 11-year-old daughter, my 18-year-old son, decided they were going to make a deal. So I got home from work. And my 11-year-old had my 18-year-old's car pulled up in the yard, and she was vacuuming it and scrubbing it and washing it by hand, inside and out, top to bottom, scrubbing the stains out of the seats. I mean, she was doing, like, top-dollar job on this car. Dang. And I was like, dang, girl, what's he paying you? Look at, since when are you cleaning for your brother? What in the world? And she was like, oh. He's got this pile of candy he's giving me. And I was like, oh, he's got a pile of candy for you? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh, how long you been doing this? Oh, I've been at it about an hour and a half so far. And I was like, oh, really? Interesting. Well, you're doing a great job. Keep going. And I go inside and I happen to notice on the kitchen table, there's like, I don't know, three Snickers. You know, the little single, little tiny, out of the Halloween candy <laughs> Snickers kind of thing. There's like seven Jolly Ranchers in a bag, and there's a couple of Peeps, and I mean, there might have been five or eight dollars worth of candy. Okay. So my son comes walking out, and he's real proud of himself. He's like, you see Cam out there cleaning my car? And I'm like, yeah, boy. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see your little sister out there cleaning your car. Is this candy you're paying her to do it? He's like, yeah, she agrees to it. She saw it. I showed her the candy, and I was like, hey, you see this candy? You want to clean my car? I'll give it all to you. I didn't think she'd do it, but she agreed to it. She's out there scrubbing the snot out of it. Look how good it looks, too. I kind of like it. And I, I don't know if you can hear it as I'm telling the story, but as he's saying this, I am getting irritated. So I, I walk outside, and I'm looking at the car, and I'm watching her. I go back in and I do a couple other things and she's outside another hour or so. I go back out and I'm, I'm, I really look at the job she's doing and I stopped her. I, I turned off the vacuum and I looked at her and I said, Cameron, I want you to know that this is a $50 job that you're doing right now. I said, and your brother is giving you, I don't know, 5 or $8 worth of candy. And she just kind of looked at me and you could see her processing it. I said, you have the option. You don't have to continue. You you have every right right now to stop. And actually, hold on. Let me go back before I went out and told her this. Let me go back in time a little bit. I, I tried to talk to my son first. I, and I tried to have him add a little more money in as a tip or go out and help her. Um, and he was very adamant that she took the deal and she knew what she was doing. So back to the story about her. So then I go out to her and I start explaining to her that this is a $50 job, right? If he took this car somewhere and they made it look like she is making it look, he would pay $50. And if I took her to the store and she bought that amount of candy, it would range somewhere in the 5 to $8 range. And I also explained to her that when she feels like she is being taken advantage of, there's nothing wrong with stopping right then and there. In this moment, she was like, Mom, that's not fair. He's only giving me that, and it would cost him $50. That's not fair. I was like, you're right, baby. That's not fair. You are 100% right. That is not fair. And you have the option to say, I will not do any more. I'm done right now. And she thought about it. She took it in. She thought about it for a couple of minutes, and she said, no, 
no, I told them I would do it. I'm going to do it. And she went ahead and she finished doing it. The entire car. Her father felt bad for her and he went out and helped her a little bit. I wouldn't. Then, later on in the evening, we were going out to dinner and it was just the three of us, me and her and her father, me and Cam and Nick. And she starts getting mad. Well, that's not fair. He should have given me more money and he didn't give me any extra money. And Like, she was mad. She was very victimized by him. And, and then she very quickly became a perpetrator because she was going to go home and she was going to go in his room and she was going to tell him that he owed her more money. She was going to go talk to him about it and she was going to make him pay her. And it's really, it's kind of crazy to see this whole process play out in, in this perspective here because I have the flip side of it too in dealing with him. But we talked more about it. And in the end, she did not go and talk to him. In the end, she accepted that she had a responsibility to herself when she realized that, that this deal she had made was not fair. She then had a responsibility to herself to say, I'm no, no longer participating in this deal and I am walking away right now. And if she chose to remain in that deal, from that moment on, it was on her. Right. That was up to her. She chose to be a part of that. There is no, that's it. Well, from the very moment I said, this is a $50 job and you're being paid $8 and you chose to continue, any of those bad feelings you have, you need to deal with them inside of you and, and work through this. We need to talk about it and it's not at your brother because you chose to continue doing this. Because um, a lot of times... Yes, she was mad at him, but she was probably mad at herself, too. Well, and one of the things she said is, I said I would do it, so now I got to do it. And I was like, no, mm -mm. you said you would do it before you realized what it actually was. You had absolutely stop right now. And she couldn't. She felt guilty. She She felt like she... Gave her word, so therefore she had to do what she said she would do. So she did. The second half of that, though, was you can't feel bad about doing what you said you wanted to do when you, right? Once you knew and you decide to follow through, you can't then be angry that you followed through at the other person. You have to deal with that right. within yourself. I still don't think you should be angry, but we have to deal with that within ourselves. And if you're angry with yourself, you have to f understand, why are you angry with yourself? Well, I didn't stick up for myself. I didn't protect myself. I didn't take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Right? I can say, this deal is now lopsided and I'm out. Right. I have to continue. Absolutely. Well, so now, the flip side of this amazing game. Okay. <laughs> My son, who is an 18-year-old young man, about to go into the military, right, he is a straight-A student, he is very intelligent, he, he is an amazing young man, he knew that he was getting one over on his little sister, let's just call it like it is, right, he's a boy, he's a teenager, he knew damn well he was taking advantage of his little sister, Yep. and he knew, I think he knew that she knew that was not it was not worth it. He thought she knew it wasn't worth it. He said he was surprised she took the deal. But then 
he was so happy that he was getting he was getting a good hell of a deal, right? That's a hell of a steal. Right, he probably saw how good a job she was doing, and he's like, well, damn, all right, I got the... Hell yeah! She was doing... She got, like, I paid her $50 to do my car this weekend because she did so good on his car last weekend. <laughs> so, right. So, anyways, him and I were talking, and I ended up telling him... He, so, he kept trying to justify, right? I was like, listen, dude, that wasn't cool. You know that wasn't cool. You know you're taking advantage of her. You need to make that right. Oh, no. She made the deal. She knew what she was doing when she did it. She took the deal. That's on her. Right? And I'm not I'm not going to force him to pay her more. Right? So, I just said to him, I said, listen, you're right. She took the deal. She's out there washing your damn car, and she's doing an amazing job, even though she knows you're taking advantage of her. That speaks volumes. That shows her damn character. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you are standing right here taking advantage of your little sister shows yours. Ooh, good one, Mom. Turn around and I walked away and the conversation was over. I was really on the verge of being very angry at this point, right? I mean, look, first of all, you're taking advantage of my baby. Second of all, like, I'm very disappointed. Like, I I was very disappointed. Like, I had higher expectations out of my son than that. Take advantage of his little sister. Now, at the same time, though, let's be realistic. If my son went to out and came back and was like man i just paid this kid 15 dollars to wash my damn car look how clean it is i'd be like damn dude good job i'd like high five them for a good deal right yeah right if he went and said he got this amazing car wash for ten dollars and it was inside and out i'd be like where at i want to go too thank you but if he told me he paid his little sister ten dollars to wash his car inside and out i'd dream him about taking advantage of his baby sister so, did he say anything? Did so obviously the exchange happened candy for a fifty dollar car wash? No, no, that was it. That was it. Okay, so nobody. Uh, okay. Nope. They. They. So I'll even tell you. The next day, she didn't have enough time to finish it all the night before, and there were still some mosquito bug guts along the bumper because her father and I told her she couldn't she had to stop scrubbing it and come in and take a shower for school so the next day after she got off the school bus she went out and scrubbed the rest of the mosquitoes off the bumper what the hell they never said anything else that's 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 that was it she didn't do that on my car (laughs) she didn't do that on my car and I paid her 50 bucks but she went out and scrubbed the damn mosquitoes off his bumper I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. They're kids. What? I don't know. <laughs> and she probably, I mean, so I can actually understand this because I th- there's been times that my anger has gotten the best of me and it's more of like a, an F you. I'm going to go so far over and beyond and, d- d- you know, stick it to you, blah, 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 just to prove a point. Oh, I mean... I mean, she did an amazing job. Like, his car freaking looks brand new, and it was absolutely disgusting. But the problem is, she's the one that got the short... She's the one that got screwed over. Right! She got the short end of the stick with yeah. I mean, honestly, he didn't... I don't think he felt... He only felt bad for a day. He was. He didn't do anything to make up for it. He didn't say anything. He didn't... But... I mean... If she learns something from this, then it was worth it. Then, right, she got paid... 
An infinite I amount. I learned something from it. Oh. I learned, I mean, I did. I learned, like, right? I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with my son like that or with my daughter like that. Normally, I would have mommed him yep. into giving her more money or helping him finish it. What I mean by momming him, right? I would have lectured him. I would have yelled at him. I would have punished him. Uh -huh. I would have disciplined him into good behavior. Yep. I didn't do that at all. I also would have found a way to make it up to her as well and covered. I would have mom. Yeah, and I didn't do that. Right. Mom him <laughs> and then said, here's money. You did such yeah, a good. Yeah, father wanted to do that and I told him no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm not paying her. She could have stopped. I will only pay her if she does my car. And I did. I paid her to do my car and he paid her to do his. Okay. That was our that was our help for it. But she did a good job and she earned it. She deserved yeah. it. I would have paid anybody fifty bucks to do my car the way she did. I didn't discipline him into it. Right. I also did not fight and argue, right? I, I used to be a yeller. I used to be a prove you wronger and shove mm -hmm. my opinion down your throat you know and I didn't do any of that I just spoke it like it was without the emotion the facts only and then when he kept trying to justify and justify and justify I was like look dude it's, it's just this is showing it just shows it just shows like I can see your actions and your character shows through your actions and if you don't want that to be your character then don't let your actions be that way right and I just left it at that. And I just left him to think about that. I don't, like, I don't need to force him into hearing me. He is 18 years old and he knows who he wants to be. And he knows what character is. And if I have faith that I raised the young man that I believe I raised, then I don't think that he went to sleep that night without thinking about the fact that he took advantage of his little sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I have to have faith in that. And if I mom him into doing the right thing, then I'm not having faith that he'll do the right thing on his own. And heck, for all I know, I could go back to Cam and say, hey, did you ever talk to you? Did anything more ever happen with your brother in that car wash thing? And she could be like, oh, yeah, mom, he bought me this and this and this. And he did this. I... I it wouldn't surprise me if that happened to me, but I have not done that, and I have not heard anything since. It wouldn't be a, be it from a healthy place if you went back and, and chased it, continued to chase it. Right, and that's why I did it. I, I actually didn't even think about it. That's an interesting, that's interesting story because, huh. I think it's important to stop when you feel like you're being taken advantage of, right? Yeah. As soon as I decide that this is no longer right for me, no matter the reason, no matter what it is, no matter the situation, it doesn't matter. The minute I say, this is no longer right for me, I have every right to stop. I am entitled to stop the moment it no longer feels right to me. I don't have to sit there and wait for the other shoe to drop. I can get out before the shoe drops. I don't have to worry about the shoe is really what should happen. Just don't worry about the shoe. I can be excited for the shoe. Yeah. <laughs> I, right? I, like, 
we talked about change you know, uh, last episode. Yeah, adjusting change. No, it was two episodes ago, whatever it was. You know, adjusting to change. I can be excited for the other shoe to drop because that means something's going to change. And we've never, we both have said we've never regretted a change happening. So maybe the shoe, other shoe dropping is an exciting opportunity to, and I think that's, I think that's why I don't worry about the other shoe anymore is because now I'm more excited about what I'm going to learn from that shoe, good or bad. And that's what excites me. Well, not only that, but we keep using the shoe analogy, but I'm going to jump over to a wave analogy real fast. Oh, okay. I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> right? So the next incoming wave or the next shoe to drop was always this catastrophic thing. Right? It was always this great big huge thing that I just don't know if I could handle one more black too, you know? And now, I don't know... With everything that's changed in, in in living this healthy living and this program that we're living, with everything that's changed, that other shoe or the next wave or, like, I'm not waiting for it because it's not nearly as, like, even when it's bad, it's not catastrophic. It's not nearly as big as it ever used to be. Yeah. Even the big things seem, even these, like, the, the things that, when I imagined them a year ago seemed catastrophic. Now I picture those same things and it's almost like, it's almost exciting. It is. Things don't seem nearly as bad. Things don't seem like the big thing. They don't seem nearly as intense, as catastrophic, as, as major as they used to. It's such a fr- it's such a freeing feeling. It's God, it's so freeing. It's it's empowering. It's an empowering feeling. It really is. Just because someone does something that I may not think is in their best interest does not mean that the world is going to end or that they're going to die or that they're going to be miserable forever or like it doesn't mean any of those things. It is not catastrophic. It is it's just their life. And it's just one more thing that happens. I don't know how that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't I, know. It's, it's kind of a hard, it's, we're both kind of struggling over like certain wording because it is, it is a hard thing to describe because for me, it's just a feeling that I have now. It's right. Everything's easier. It is. It is. It's not something I can put into words and describe. It just is a feeling of it's actually serenity. It's, it's no feeling. It's serenity. Yeah. It's peacefulness. That's what it is. It's like it's like it's just this confident calm that no matter what it is, it's gonna be okay. It's right and it's just meant to be. There is no wrong. Right. No matter what it is. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's not sad. It's not upsetting. It is what it is, and it's just what it's supposed to be, and it'll be okay. Yeah. One of the things where I felt in my recovery is I don't have extreme emotions anymore. Yes, at all. At all. But that's not bad. I'm never extremely high happy. I'm never extremely low miserable or angry. I'm just okay. 
I'm feeling the feeling I have because, and I think that's what it is. It's like when I was feeling those extremes, it's because I just obsessed about them. But now I don't let them, I barely let them get formed. When something bothers me, it's like I, I let it go so quickly that it never forms into anything more than just this little twinge of something. That's not yes. saying my life isn't happy when I say I'm not extreme happy. It just means that my life is is peaceful. It's it's serene. It's it's balanced. My life is balanced. It's not saying that there's never anything bad and there's never anything good. It's not saying that I'm never joyful or I'm never sad. It's saying that I feel that feeling and then I move forward. Yep. And I feel the next feeling and I move forward. I feel joyful. I feel happy. I feel love. I've felt sadness. I've felt despair. I've felt terror. I've felt panic. I mean, I've felt all of those major feelings, intense feelings. They just don't last for ever. I don't know. God, I used to get so sad and it would just last. And then I'd get so angry and then I would be like, oh, I'm so happy. And <laughs> days and days at a time. Yes. It was just exhausting. And it's not like that anymore. It's just peaceful. It's serenity. It is serene. It is an even. And I don't know if it's because I have more space to deal with things because I've limited, taken out what's not needed, right? I've opened yeah. up space by dealing with the past traumas. And it's, I, I worry less. So I've got opened up space that way because I'm, I'm not worried so much about the future stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm focused on the minute to minute, day to day, here and now. And we're not taking it personal, right? It's not about me, but it is all about me when I think about me first. It's, it's a thousand little things that roll up to make this big life changing perception changing. I don't like, like it's, I don't gosh, if you knew me four years ago and you know me today, this program is the difference. This way of living that we're talking about every single week that's what's made the difference in my life. That's it. I'm happy. I was talking to a sponsee earlier, and we were talking about feeling your feelings and right. And when I truly feeling your feelings in your body, knowing your body, knowing yourself well enough, we talked about the whole anger in the center and working its way up um, in the last couple podcasts. Uh-huh. And I was telling her, I can't tell you the last time I was angry. I can't tell you the last time. Like, I don't remember. Like, I, because, because they didn't have enough weight behind them to be memorable. And, and now also, I have feelings like irritation. Yeah. Or frustration or aggravation. Like, these little feelings. I don't, I don't just get angry at everything. It's crazy. It's it, amazing. It is. But even those, I know I get there. I know I might be frustrated, I might be annoyed, I might be, 
But I can't give you, like, we'll talk and I'll be like, yeah, the week was good and this happened. But to in the past, I would have carried that annoyance into anger. And now, yes. like, I can't tell you something that, like, I might be able to quickly tell you something, but to really... It's such a minuscule part of my week that I don't even, like, think about them anymore. Yes, I get exactly. Like, so when you call somebody and they're like, hey, how are you? I used to be able to go on for 40 minutes about all the bad things. Right. And now when they're like, hey, how are you? I can go on, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes. Gosh, that's sad to say. Not 40, only 20. But it's all about all the good things. What? who's doing what in life and who's doing that Nick's doing this and I'm doing this and the kids are doing this and we're going here and we're checking this out and we taught this and we're trying this and like it's all the new stuff and the good stuff and the positives and I don't think I could like if you gave me a timer and I wanted to go on and on about negatives honestly I don't I think I would probably fail at that yeah I don't talk about growth Right? Like I think the, that's a great note to end this on. It really is. I mean, honestly, here's my, this is my, for me, this is my worst thing this week. I did something to my Achilles tendon. That's all I know. That's what I did. I'm going to the doctor on Wednesday. That's it. There's my bad. That, that literally is the worst thing that has happened to me in like a few weeks. The worst thing for me this week was the sinus infection that I had Saturday and Sunday and today. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Nothing. I mean, I don't have. But that's about it's It's all about my perception. Maybe we need to talk about that. Maybe we should. That's soon. actually a good podcast topic. There we go. We're right. betting. There's our ne- there's our podcast. Let's let's do it. Let's next week. Let's do perception. Awesome. All right, Dawn. Right. Well, it has been an amazing week. Uh, I love talking to you as always. Me too. Me too. So have a great week, everybody. Check out the podcast that comes out every Tuesday. Go to the website. You can get the last three podcasts there. Otherwise, the podcasts are on all your podcast streaming services. And Ashley, have a great, amazing week. You too. Everybody have an amazing week. I can't wait to talk to you guys all soon. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.